0: Hello everybody, welcome to another Sponge chat. Uh, my name is Jim Fuller. I'm a, a teacher, trainer, manager and blogger and if this is your first time here, thank you very much for joining us. Um, to, I, I just finished speaking uh, to Matt ellman who as many of you will know is the co-author of From, From Teacher to Trainer, uh, the new book by Cambridge University Press. Um, and we had a, a really, really insightful Sponge chat. Uh, focus on teacher training. So for those of you for those of you EOT professionals looking to move them from teaching or somewhere else into teacher training. Um, I think this Sponge Chat will be will be really useful. Uh, we looked at Matt's journey of course into teacher training, some of the motivations there and also and also of the nuances in the in the sense that there's not always a clear cut line between being a teacher and being a, a teacher educator and often there are times when the lines are blurred. Uh, so to speak. Um, what else did we speak about? We spoke about uh, some of the the difficulties with teacher training and the importance of impact um, and how often in in, in the early years of of, of of being a teacher educator, this is something that's often looked over. Um, and uh, it's it's we also acknowledge the difficulties of measuring impact. Um, of course, we looked at uh, Matt, Matt and Matt's uh, book um, from Teacher to Trainer, um, and uh, Matt spoke about uh, some, some of the things that went into creating this. Um, and then, of course, we looked at the, the usual stuff that we always look at, so we looked at um, some advice uh, for those of you that are looking to move into teacher training. We also looked at some brilliant book recommendations, two of which we haven't had on here before, um, so I'm looking forward to putting them onto the list and actually getting to read them. Um, before you go, if, if you do like these, matchups, please give us a like, please subscribe. Uh, there will be more coming out shortly. Hopefully if I have time, uh, you can see I'm here in the office working today, not in my, uh, in my office at home. Um, so very, very busy at the moment. Uh, an update. I am finishing off the core module of the, uh, the NILMA. so I've been super busy. That's why we haven't had too much content out lately. Uh, but there will be more. Uh, and you need to click and subscribe to to see everything, okay? Um, Without further ado, let's get into it. I hope you enjoy this one, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Hi, Matt, lovely to see you. Hi, Jim, yeah, good to see you too. First of all, thank you very much for being here. Uh, Well, uh, it's this afternoon, I suppose, in Spain. It was midday in in the UK. Um, Thank you very much for being here. Uh, You're a very busy man. It's great to to finally get you on here. Um, Today, we're gonna go into a a Sponge Chat. And for those that are um, perhaps new to Sponge Chats, basically what it is, um, it started all from an email. I got an email, uh, it's a few years ago now. And someone asked me, how did I, how did I get into teacher training? And I came to the realization that for all trainers, it's kind of a little bit different. Um, I'm I'm sure you're going to tell us about how you got into it in a sec. And so really, I'm I'm hoping that these these sponge chats, now they're focusing on teacher training, materials development, all sorts of things within the EOT industry. But I'm specifically hoping with teacher trainers that it provides uh, teachers and EOT professionals um, with an outlook on perhaps some of the ways in which they can extend their career Within our industry, and hopefully stay within the industry, um, and 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 explore elements of teacher training. Um, so, without further ado, I'm going to push it over to you, Matt. Um, why don't we start with the big question: Who is Matt? We'll, <laughs> we'll always start with the big question. So, who, who is Matt? Uh, so, Matt is.
1: Um, I'm a teacher and teacher trainer. Um, I live just outside Cambridge in the UK. Um, and I've been I've been involved in ELT for about 12 years now so I worked in um, I started working in the UK then I worked in Spain in Madrid then I moved to Malaysia and worked in in KL for a while Um, and then I moved back and now I work for Cambridge University Press and Assessment Um, and my job with them involves uh, delivering training and also managing training projects um, so it's been really good. I mean, pre-pandemic, I um, that role kind of took me to dozens of different countries and um, delivering training and meeting teachers. Um, and obviously in the past two years, I haven't traveled as much, um, but uh, still delivering training online and still still managing training projects um, in various different countries.
0: Yeah, I remember when we met, uh, It must, I, had, I can't remember if it was 2019, 2020. Uh, it was just, I think it was it was 2020 because it was just before just before the pandemic right pand- pandemic hit yeah 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 and i remember and you were talking about some of the training projects that you had done um kind of internationally and i thought that was really amazing um and i didn't know you taught in spain though i didn't know that you that you'd worked in madrid that's interesting um were were you working with for example international house or was it like a, a, another yeah. yeah no i worked for ih ih madrid for for two years Brilliant, yeah. Madrid, wild place. Um, I love it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, everything's kind of returning, returning to normal here, I suppose. I suppose very similar to the UK. Um, hopefully we get some. I mean, we're only now just returning to to face to face conferences. Um, they're quite rare still. Everything's still online um So hopefully we get to have more of these face-to-face concerts. What I mean, you're a, as as well as being a teacher and teacher trainer, you are a new father as well. Uh, I am. I am. Uh, so I don't suppose you went to I I TEFL.
1: Actually, I did. Yeah, I, I got <laughs> oh, a special dispensation from my wife to to go there just for. I was there for two nights. um So um yeah, I I caught up on a, on a lot of sleep, and I had a talk to give, so I gave my talk. Um, but yeah, I guess the situation, I guess, here is slightly different because we just pretend that COVID doesn't exist in the UK. Right. Um, so um, we're kind of back to normal and everybody gets sick once in a while and kind of just pretend that it's okay.
0: As they say in Spain, it's okay. It is what it is, right? So. Absolutely, yeah. yeah brilliant. Um, okay, I want to go back to sort of um, teacher math before you went into teacher training. Um, what was the kind of the moment where you thought okay I want to I want to move into teaching um and how did you go about that um
1: that's a good question I don't know if there was a moment so I guess the kind of precursor to to that if there was a moment was um was first just just kind of um uh really feeling like I kind of found my found my place or found my calling as a teacher so I I love teaching um and so i was just kind of i was just really into that for for several years at the beginning so i i did a lot of um professional development as a teacher i read a lot of books um the great thing about working at ih was that like there were workshops every week you can go to you can be trained for hours um every week um so i did my delta there as well at ih madrid um i did that pretty quickly um but I don't think I really had a had a kind of plan to become a teacher trainer at that point right. um, but when i when I left um when I left Spain and went to went to Malaysia, I was working for the British Council there. Um, I guess that there were more opportunities then to do things like mentoring um or to to deliver workshops and it kind of became it became something that I was doing more and more um and, and which I really enjoyed as well yeah, and I guess in in some respects it was kind of a way to 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 keep challenging myself um because by that time I'd been teaching for um I don't know four or five years yeah um and it, yeah te- going into teacher training was a good way to to keep challenging myself and kind of put into practice a lot of the stuff that I learned in that whole period of developing as a teacher
0: yeah interesting um Interesting you mentioned Delta. I, I believe you have an MA as well, right? In if I, if I correct in applied linguistics and, and language teaching. Um I, I'd like to go a little bit further into that as well. Um you said that obviously you were reading quite a lot of books and that you did the, the your your delta with IH. Um was it was that something that you 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 heard about and then you thought, okay, that's what I need to do as a teacher? Or were you kind of pushed to do it by the, the teacher training staff there? Or no i um i I remember asking around about that
1: after my first year of teaching mm. um yeah i was I had an observation and the guy that observed me had just finished his delta um so we had a good chat about that um and i i think i felt i think I always felt that like the delta was kind of a it was for me anyway it was like a crash course and it kind of got me prepared to teach but it wasn't really um there were there were still a lot of gaps yeah so i felt from quite early on that that um that i needed to do more mm-hmm. um so yeah no one pushed me to do it it was um uh yeah i guess I like doing it in spain and madrid that was kind of my earliest opportunity to do it um so so i did yeah
0: brilliant and your experience positive overall my experience was
1: great and i know lots of people have you know have not had a great experience on the delta um I think what really helped was that it was, being in Spain and, and being at IH, it was a face-to-face thing, so I wasn't doing distance delta. Um, we had, you know, so we had input sessions every week. The trainers were amazing. Um, my colleagues on the course were amazing. Uh, so it was, yeah, I had a really good experience. And I, I guess also I was perhaps better prepared than than most people for the course because of all the reading that I'd done. Yeah. Um, in the preceding couple of years so uh, yeah i i mean i loved it and i've i found it had a massive benefit on my teaching as well it really improved me as a teacher which is the point
0: yeah yeah definitely um i mean i i i loved i loved every aspect of it i did mine over distance though um and that was interesting um I, I remember speaking to Sandy Mullen about her experience and she <laughs> not very positive about it at all. Really? That's interesting. Cause obviously she's, you know,
1: someone that's as steeped in, you know, in, in ELT as your eye. So it's, yeah, I mean, I, I can understand why, why the distance thing doesn't work for people. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, I think, and I think that's true. you know, like I think that's true of a lot of teacher training that, so much of the best teacher training is collaborative and involves kind of being with other teachers not just in an online space but but in a school space in a classroom space um and that's you know it's a privilege to be able to do that especially now um post-pandemic but um i think
0: where that is possible it's it's probably better yeah yeah definitely um well, going on to that, then, if we if we switch to sort of the, the teacher training focus now, um, moving into teacher training itself, so we'll focus on the sort of the the first year, two, three years of, of teacher training. Um, what challenges did you come across within these? I mean, we, we like to say early career teachers, uh, but I suppose we can also say early career uh, teacher educators. Um, within these these first few years, what are some of the issues or some of the, the problems that you came up against? Um so I guess
1: there wasn't there wasn't like a clear line where I, between being a teacher and being a trainer.
0: Right.
1: Um so that's one of the so one of the trying uh, to try to manage those two identities that you're you're still teaching and teaching is hard work and it's you're busy. Um so often the the kind of trainer stuff that I was doing was on top of teaching. Yeah. So that that was a challenge. Um I remember when I was still in Madrid one of my first kind of teacher trainer uh, experiences was running a reading group okay interesting. yeah so it, it was kind of a regular it was a monthly thing I think and then every month a different person would volunteer to to find a text and share that and then lead the discussion and um, so I remember doing that and uh, looking back on it it was a definite I was definitely in teacher mode still so I was I think I thought that it went well because everyone was, everyone was talking. There was lots of discussion. Some interesting points came up. Um, but I don't know how many takeaways there were for the people that attended. And I don't know how much impact it would have had on their teaching. So, um, yeah, for me, I, like, I was thinking, yeah, every, every, like, it was great. Everyone was talking. Um, everybody was engaged. Job done. But, um I think, yeah. As I say, now looking back, my focus definitely wasn't on on impacts then, and on kind of having um, on on the participants making lasting changes to what they were doing in the classroom. Um, and then further, I, I mean, that that first thing was kind of an example of of a trend that continued, which is that you have to try to f- you have to try and find your own. Um, opportunities for doing teacher training i think initially at least that was my experience that no one kind of says well like i said there's there's not that clear line where you you get a new job and you're, suddenly you're a trainer you have to try and carve out opportunities for yourself to to run a run a session like that or to mentor new teachers or to volunteer to deliver a workshop um so that's that's kind of what happens um for the next couple of years. When I went to, to Malaysia, we um I worked in a brand new branch of the British Council there. And and so there were quite a few I worked alongside quite a few relatively inexperienced teachers that needed needed some support. Yep. So that was that was good. I got that chance to mentor them. Um and the other thing that happened there was that we had um quarterly training days. So you'd have like a whole day where all the teachers would get together and there'd be workshops going on um and what and people volunteered to deliver those workshops so they were kind of um, sessions delivered by your peers um so i yeah i volunteered to to run a lot of those as well mm-hmm. but as i say i think the, the big challenge was just to to create those opportunities and i think i was quite lucky working at you know with organizations like ih and the british council that yeah. You you kind of have those. Yeah. And if you're working somewhere smaller, um you know, or in a slightly different context, then that, that could be a lot more difficult.
0: Definitely. Um, I mean you, you touched on some two really interesting points there. Um there's no like line between being a teacher and a teacher trainer sometimes. Uh, I remember I speak to Tom Kittle about this, and he said, Really, anybody, any teacher, any OT professional can be a teacher educator. Depending on some of the roles that they take on, you know, whether it's through peer observations and uh, sharing lesson ideas or critiquing an idea. You know, so um, for many teachers, they're they're potentially taking on some of those training roles with it in, informally anyway. Um, but I also agree that that for, for those that are looking perhaps to move into a more formal role of, of, of teacher training, that there are at least on the surface, in my opinion, not many visible opportunities. And I think that um, for many of us, we've had to push for those opportunities or, or uh, look for them. Um, and I, I, at least in my experience, that, that's, that's that's what it's like. And for, for many of the teachers that I've spoken many of the trainers, the educators that I've spoken with, it's very similar.
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely true. And it, I mean, they're not, yeah, when it comes to, if you're looking on kind of job sites, for trainer roles there aren't that many and yeah. i think that's because there aren't that many of those roles anyway but also because a lot of them are kind of they, they're kind of given to people in house you know if there's a if like a vacancy opens up for a new Celta trainer um, it's likely to go to somebody who's already yeah. teaching there and, and can kind of move into that role gradually so
0: yeah you, um, you also mentioned uh, this quite a lot, and you, you've, you actually mentioned this quite a lot in a lot of your presentations online, some of the blog posts that you write, about this idea of impact, and uh, you draw it back to, um, I believe, to the Inspire model um, uh, for, for teacher training and development from Richardson and Aguioli, uh, I think it is. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I'd like to go a little bit further into that, um, and perhaps relate it to some of our experiences. Um, I, I think one of my, well, my first probably year of teacher training is this idea of impact. I wasn't even thinking about, I was thinking about getting teachers in and focusing on something, you know, yeah. and, and, and now I look back on that and say, okay, was that effective or not? Um, and from, from my own experience, I, I'd say that's probably one of the biggest challenges that uh, that I suppose most educators would have to face. Um, it's interesting though. Would you, in terms of um, evaluating impact, uh, what are some of the the things that you do now in terms of evaluating impact on training? Um, you- um, yeah, evaluating impact is tough
1: because it's it's um, such a long term kind of process. So I think the there's kind of a, a prevailing narrative in a lot of teacher training that, that what your goal or or your um, like what good teacher training looks like is that that you give the trainees or you give the participants stuff that they can use in their next lesson. Yeah.
0: And I and I hear this
1: all the time. And and there's there is a grain of truth to that, but I think there's also a I think that's also quite a problematic idea because it first of all, because it kind of suggests that the trainees come to the training room or they come to your training and they're kind of passive recipients of you know this activity or that technique or whatever.
0: Take it, take it, go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And that, and learning's not like that, right? They're, you know, they're coming there to learn. Um and you know, we wouldn't expect that in our in our english classroom you know you, you expect your your english learners to kind of get stuck in and get involved and bring something to the process um and the same thing needs to happen when when teachers are being trained as well um so i have a, i have a problem with that kind of idea um but the i guess one one positive with that is that you can it's relatively easy to evaluate impacts that that you can you could potentially you know go to that the next lesson that those, those teachers deliver and see did they use the activity but it, there's no long-term benefit there you know even if they do use the activity you don't know if they've used it correctly um have they used it appropriately do they understand why to use it or when to use it or how to adapt it for their classrooms so so yeah the idea of impact that i have now is that it's we're looking for teachers to make kind of sustained changes to what they do um, and, and the nature, the precise nature of those changes is really for those teachers to decide because they're the ones who know their, their students and their classrooms and their context best. But because it's a sustained change, um, you need to, to kind of be asking them what the impact was, I don't know, you know, a few weeks, few months down the line to see if they're doing things differently um and in practice that's that kind of really happens either because you you're not in contact with those trainees anymore you know maybe you deliver a session or you deliver a course and it's ended and now that they've kind of gone gone out back out into the world um or just because you know they're busy even if you kind of sent a questionnaire they may not have the time to be able to engage with it so um the the what happens kind of instead is is the teacher's feelings about the training. And we kind of use that as a proxy. So the training's finished and you say to the teacher, do you feel that you could do things differently? Have you got a plan to do things differently now? Um, and if they say yes, then, then yeah, you can awesome. accept that as the best that you could uh, yeah. hope
0: for at that point. That's interesting. Um... I think it also depends on uh, potentially the type of training and development that you're involved in. Um, I, I, I was speaking to Kanduk Kutik, and, and she presented this idea that if if there are teachers that are looking to move into educating or roles that are educating other teachers, you need to think about whether that's an in-house, internal development sort of aspect or on courses such as Celta, uh, Delta, Dipti these sorts of things. Um, and i think they're um i mean personally i think that they're quite they're two quite different training areas um like for for myself i've I've never been involved in training on a salta course or on a delta course not yet anyway it's one thing i'd like to move into but um i really enjoy working over a year or even a number of years with the teachers that we have within the academy and i feel that with these elements especially from the inspire model being able to bring them in um working with the teacher over two years, you get more of, I, th- I feel that we get more of those opportunities. Definitely. To, ev- to, to evaluate impact, but also to create it so that it's, um, individualized and, and, and needs-based, um, as a trainer that works, like, I mean, you work with groups going around the world, um, and, and in online things, does this, does this sort of raise questions about the, uh, the importance we give to these one-off conferences, these one-off workshop sessions, like wh- wh- how should we view them then, uh, as trainers going into these? Um,
1: I think the if you're if you're a trainer on on that kind of thing, if you, if you're a trainer on a course or on a in a conference, and you're not, you don't have direct contact then with the teachers day to day environment one of your roles is to encourage the teacher to make the connection between what you're doing and the the environment that they're going to put into practice so in the book um uh in my new book Jim yes good I was going to bring it up soon (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so so I've just written this book with Peter, Luke and Tony um and, and in the book we we kind of identify three areas that we feel are essential as part of of teacher training in order for that training to have impact right. and one of those areas we call the personal and this is everything that deals with the teachers kind of um, beliefs assumptions knowledge and skills about teaching but also everything to do with their their particular teaching context right um and and when trainers deal with this area what they're trying to do is is to kind of, first of all, bring out those those beliefs and assumptions so that teachers can work with them and, and, and understand how they impact what they do. But also then, as I've just mentioned, to, to encourage the teacher to make those connections between, you know, what you're presenting or what you're asking them to work on and, and their own classroom, because every classroom is different, every teacher is different. And some of what you, some of what you kind of present to them may be, Maybe super appropriate it might work really well and other things may need some adaptation or some tweaking um, but I think in nearly all cases teachers are going to have to kind of experiment with it and, and try things out in the classroom think about what worked and what didn't work in order to find a way that, that it's going to work for them so this is another reason why I kind of dislike that um that's uh that approach to training that it seems teachers can just take something into the classroom and
0: transmission model right yeah
1: yeah and it's going to work straight away yeah it can yeah
0: completely agree it sounds like you're I remember I read a book and it's probably the the one book that changed my whole perspective on training it was um trainer development by Wright and Belito Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was written in like early 2000s and it's a, it's a, it's it's not by published by Cambridge. It's a self published. I think self published. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in that in that book, they, they talk about this. What you spoke about this, you know, uh, values, attitudes, and beliefs, and expectations. And realistically, what training should focus on um, is drawing them out so that teachers can not only understand what they what they what they think and what they do um and they can connect the training to that and it sounds like you're, the, the three areas that, that, that you've got in that book is extending that even more which is excellent um I'm very much looking forward to reading it I'm going to get it and I'm going to I'm going to review it and uh do um, it and, and everyone will, will know more about it I promise you <laughs> um and uh, oh, I had another question that I wanted to ask you about one of your blog posts but it's just it slips my mind um, but no, uh, sure, it, will it, it will come back. It will come back. It will come back. Okay, so we've looked at some of the the, the challenges um, of training in general. Um, let's look at some of the the, the positive aspects. Um, you mentioned that that training and and working with teachers is a privilege. i massively agree with that. Um, not only because I I feel like you it's 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 a delicate situation to be able to provide feedback to teachers and and work with them. It's also rewarding. Uh, but it's also for me, I've learned so much about teaching from observing teachers. (laughs) Um, what are the other positive aspects for you um of being in a in a teacher-educator role?
1: Um,
0: I guess oh.
1: I think I just enjoy um enjoy being in a room with people that are really good at what they do yeah so i i and i think i enjoy this is i mean this is true as a teacher and also as a trainer so i i i enjoy uh seeing people learn um that's very rewarding um and like one thing that's quite interesting when you're a trainer is that you're kind of seeing how people do the same thing but do it differently in in um you know, depending on where they work, um, or depending on the different constraints that they have to work under, yeah. Um, and I find that really interesting as well. I, I'm also really lucky working for, for Cambridge University Press and assessment that we've got access to all of the all of the kind of knowledge and expertise and resources that the university right. has. That's I think that's pretty rare for yeah um, for trainers. <laughs> so very fortunate to have that, um, and. And I, and working with other trainers, I think um, that's that's probably the thing that's benefited me most as a trainer is working with others um, like Peter, my co-author, um, or some of the others that I've worked on um, on you know various courses or, yeah. or training days.
0: I think that's something that's that's um, potentially missing though um, for many trainers. Um... I remember I was at the, one of the teacher training education SIG meetings. I think it must be it must, must have been last year now. And we were talking about the journey into teacher training. And for many of us there in that group, and I, I imagine that this could be applied to many teacher trainers, you kind of move into the role informally. Um, there's no, I mean, there are some courses out there. Um, so for example, the denial, uh, MA, there's a, there's a trainer development module um the, there is the, the cambridge teacher trainer or uh train train the, trainer. Train the yeah. trainer um and you know there are a number of other things out there but in terms of a set qualification to say that you're a trainer that there's not really uh, an industry standard. interesting to note though, there is the cambridge trainer framework which um which which is quite interesting to look at um i just lost my train of thought i was, I was speaking too much <laughs> They're,
1: they're working alone no
0: yes exactly yeah, or, or working with other trainers i i think there's there are and, and that's why i think that, that I, i'm not saying that covid was a good thing but one thing that it that, that it did do is it, it pushed a lot of these local communities training communities to be in sort of an international state, and so now we have like um in the teacher training education there's like a meeting every month where trainers get together and we have a chat Um, And I I think that's the important thing as a trainer for me, um, especially working in an internal in-house training context. So, for example, getting uh, other trainers opinions on how to provide feedback to teachers uh, or making feedback on observations, whether it's positive or negative, uh, impactful and delivered in the right way. Um, I think that's one thing, in my opinion, that that we need more of. and like you said, having those opportunities to work with other trainers must have been a phenomenal resource um, that, uh, that we should be looking to get more of. Definitely. Yeah, I th- there must be ways of doing it.
1: Um, I was speaking to somebody recently about, about trying to um, foster more kind of local expertise. So in, in um, historically, I guess, people in, in my role Cambridge have have kind of uh, been flown out to far flung places as as the expert, and then you know deliver some training to people um, in a context that might be completely you know, unfamiliar to me, right? Yeah, completely foreign. Um, which is not that's far from ideal. You know, we um, a much better model is to have people kind of you know with the teaching expertise in that context. Yeah. delivering the training um and this conversation that i had was about trying to bridge that gap um, and trying to get a little, you know some degree of expertise from outside the context um being like beamed in on zoom or whatever whatever it might be with a, a locally based okay. trainer in the room yeah um and not, you know, not for there to be for those two trainers to be kind of acting as equals and to prepare the session together um and deliver it together, which I which sounds to me like a, a really great idea. But I think it's a model that could work to kind of um you know to foster more local expertise in teacher training, but also just to allow trainers to to work with each other more. Um so yeah, I don't know if someone in your position could Team up with, you know,
0: someone else online that could definitely. I mean, that sounds. Team. It sounds very much like a a delta for trainers, if you know what I mean. Um, it'd be like an almost a, a, a mentoring course for trainers. That'd, that'd be quite interesting to explore, I think. Yeah, um, I, I,
1: I think as I say, it should be. It shouldn't be a kind of. Um, there's not like a hierarchy there. Yeah, right. You have just got two trainers who know different things, coming together. together so. right to deliver the session
0: yeah yeah no that would be really interesting to explore um if you have another brilliant idea tell me and we'll <laughs> over there um, speaking about brilliant ideas um we're going to go back to your your amazing book that uh that you showed us just just a moment let me show it again just show to... it again show it again right so so you and peter have uh, authored this uh, book from teacher to trainer, um, which uh I I it seems quite familiar because um a book from Andy Hockley which was back from 2008 um from teacher to manager so yep. we're continuing that with that and it's it's about time that Cambridge had this book <laughs> <laughs> right um so uh if we could just look at that for a second, why what was the sort of the impetus for the book um and how did you go about Because, I mean, I imagine there must have been a lot of work that went into this. I mean, we got in in contact with you a long time ago and you're quite busy with this. Um, So why did the book start and how did you go about creating it, collecting all the information for it?
1: Uh, So the original impetus was was the train the trainer course. Right. Okay, um, And kind of delivering that and not having. Well, first of all, everybody on the course you know nearly every course we delivered we'd be asked can you can you give us some recommendations for further reading or where where can we learn more about xyz and then there wasn't really one book that kind of did the job Um, and so that was one thing Um, and then the second thing was a sense I guess of uh, I guess well driven by my own experience kind of getting into training um, but also Peters and, and many others that we've spoken to that there's not you you just want a bit more kind of guidance when I did um uh if you I was a uh, CELTA tutor in training so if you if when you do that process where you start um becoming a CELTA tutor the first thing that you do is is shadow a, a CELTA course so you kind of sit at the back of the training room and, and watch everything that goes on right um and and that's and that's kind of, that's kind of it. You, you have, a, there are some tasks that you're supposed to do. Um, and the lead trainer on the course is your supervisor. And, and, and they're the kind of person that decides whether you're ready at the end of it to, to then kind of co, co-deliver the next course. Um, and it's, um, I mean, you learn a lot from it. But it also kind of raises more questions than answers often, I think. And there's not a kind of, you know, I had questions when I was doing that and and there was nowhere that that I could go to kind of get a definitive answer on, on X, Y, or Z. Yeah. So it's, um, it's, yeah, I guess there was an element of frustration that kind of um, gave rise to the book and also a desire just to have something be a starting point you know for 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 us as trainers um i'm not going to suggest that this is kind of the last word on teacher training but maybe it's a it's a place that we can start from um yeah. to to kind of build on um and decide what you know what's the essential knowledge that you need to be a trainer yeah um, what's the evidence base for for the stuff that we do in the training room um that you know that kind of thing
0: brilliant excellent um, and I imagine the process, I mean, I've spoken to, to quite a lot of course book writers and editors, and I know that the process for that is, is quite quite long and, and there's a lot of work that goes into it. But, and, but for creating a, 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 a teaching resources, a resource book like this for, for teachers or trainers, um, was that process quite long? Was there, a, was there a lot of research that went into that? Was it based most on experience? What, was, what were some of the things that went into yeah. that? Yeah, I mean, it was super long,
1: it took years. Um, yeah, okay. took longer than it should have probably um but yeah it was um i think one of the big challenges was to try and work out what what that kind of core right um knowledge would be and and to put some kind of structure to it as well to put a kind of framework on it which i feel like we did um but we started by looking at uh we, we looked at the trainer trainer course and all the content for that we looked at um similar courses like the nile course um, we looked at all the kind of um kind of back catalogue of, of teacher training work published by cambridge and published by others mm-hmm. um, and and just tried to draw out um as i say this kind of core foundation of knowledge that new trainers would need um, so it's yeah lots of research um lots of experience as well. Um, and then drawing a little bit from, from outside ELT and looking at what what happens in um mainstream education yeah.
0: um,
1: when teachers are trained. Um, and yeah, try trying to try to make it as broad as possible in terms of its uh, the uh, the ideas going into it. Brilliant. And and then once we had that, it was um the next step was to kind of come up with this framework and Think about how we could put all of this into a digestible form for somebody that's a new trainer, and what was um, what kind of what I had in mind, I guess, when doing this was um, kind of lesson shapes that you learn when you're you're doing your initial teacher training, which help you to put a kind of helps to give you a skeleton, you know, and something to work from as as you kind of get to grips with teaching. And there was nothing like that for trainers, so. That's, uh, that's where we came up with this, um, this idea of these three P's. So I mentioned the personal aspect, which is um, dealing with your, your beliefs, your knowledge, your skills, your individual context. The other two were the practical aspects, um, which involves kind of observing practice, um, you know, whether it's another teacher or whether it's a trainer demonstrating something um, and then applying practice as well. Oh, I mean, I think it's fairly obvious why that's important. And then the, the third element was what we called the professional aspects. And this is this is where the research comes in or the theory um, or teaching terminology. Um, so those three elements we feel um, are essential for for teacher training to have impact.
0: That's I mean, that's that's excellent at drawing on the PPP. It's very, very, very similar. <laughs> yeah
1: the, dangerously so because it, you know,
0: it's, it's not the same um it's not the yeah. same as the other ppp yeah <laughs> um, yeah um that's that's really interesting the, the personal the practical and the professional i like that um and you're right i think like think back to my first year i was perhaps only focusing on a minute area of the the practical if anything um of those three areas and the practical being the teaching ideas um and whether they were relevant or teachers or not was was not relevant to me it was just ideas <laughs> um so yeah i think that's that's a, that's a really interesting framework to explore and i look forward to working with that um, um i mean i know that it's 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 aimed at perhaps teachers you know early career teacher educators but i think even um, you know, more experienced ones. I mean, it's yeah. Like I hope there's there's in the book as well.
1: Yeah, I hope there's stuff in there for people that have been training for a while as well. That they, it might help give them a new perspective on on what they've been doing.
0: Brilliant. Okay. Um. Before we get to the last section of um the 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 Spanish chat, which is looking at book recommendations, we always look at um, advice. Now, um, advice for teachers looking to move into teacher training or early career teacher educators themselves. Um, obviously, the first piece of advice is buy the book um, <laughs> <laughs> and read it. But if you had um, two or three sort of off the cuff pieces of advice for those teachers that think that teacher training could be something for them, they they, 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 they maybe they're looking to experiment with it and, and, and try it out as a career. What would be your uh, two or three main pieces of advice for them? Uh, so the first one would be to to work hard to
1: create your own opportunities for for training. Um, and you can do that in your own in your own context. You can volunteer to deliver a workshop. you can volunteer to mentor somebody. It might even just be, you know it doesn't have to be a kind of hierarchical relationship either. You might set up a lesson planning group with other teachers and you know that's a, that's a start at, at just sharing ideas with people um which could be a good thing to do. Um, and if you can kind of reach outside of your, you know, the institution or institutions where you're working, you mentioned the or the TTED group, um, that's a great one to go for, or um, I use Twitter a lot, you know, just to get ideas and, and be in touch with other people, other teacher trainers, just kind of reaching outside of your own context and seeing how people do things elsewhere i yep. think it's really useful really helpful and then once you start doing some training and doing those kinds of things um, i guess my advice then would be to focus focus on the impact focus on on trying to uh, help teachers take things away from your training that are going to make them better teachers in the long term and and if you can then then work with other trainers to to get different, I mean, to get feedback on what you're doing, get their ideas, um, you know, steal some ideas about how they do things. Um, and if you can't do that, then ask the trainees, you know, try and get that feedback from the trainees to to find out what they thought was most successful, what could be improved yeah. um, and so on. It's, it's quite a, it's a very kind of self-directed yeah role i think being a trainer often you have to you don't get a lot of um you don't get a lot of guidance often about what to do and so you have to kind of take your cues from the people that you're training and then the environment that you're in right
0: um and be prepared to kind of be quite autonomous yeah yeah i certainly agree there um you Obviously, uh, I mean, we've both done done DELTA, you've done your MA, I'm doing my MA at the moment. Um, in terms of other qualifications, um, many of the trainers that I've worked with have done some kind of a uh, diploma level qualification like a DELTA or a TSO. so some haven't. Um, a lot of them have recommended doing uh, something like a DELTA um, to, get that experience of having your teaching critically analyzed but also the reflective element that's pushed on you to to engage in is that something that you would recommend for for teachers looking to move into teaching training having some kind of uh, getting involved in like a course on delta or something like that or uh, do is i mean is it necessary is perhaps my question
1: yeah i i would definitely recommend doing something and i know that for many teachers it's it's kind of prohibitively expensive doing delta but i think it's important to do um i think it's important to have some kind of further training um for two reasons really i guess one is one is what you learn on the course you know and and the improvement that it gives to your own teaching but also that you kind of draw on those experiences of being trained when you then go on to deliver training as well so i think it makes you a better trainer um so yeah if, if delta is not an option then you know seek out other opportunities i mean there are loads and loads of um opportunities for for free training online Cambridge University Press is constantly doing um free events uh, free webinars and so on um so i mean yeah i would say attend as many of those as you can and i think it's important to it's important, to, if you can, to, to be observed. And that's what you don't get if you're kind of doing a webinar, um, if you're attending a webinar. Yeah, yeah. You might be getting a lot of the content and a lot of the ideas, um, but you're not necessarily getting somebody coming into your classroom and kind of looking at that. So, you know, maybe maybe you can invite a peer, invite a colleague to to come in and, and do that so that you're kind of getting that aspect. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's a tough one because I know, you know, Deltas and MAs are, are not cheap. Um, but I do feel that I feel that trainers need more than than just their initial training, than just a cell um, uh, to to kind of work from.
0: I, I, I definitely agree. Um, I know that it is expensive. Um, and the the thing is, I, I don't think you get that experience of uh, having someone look at your teaching and then being provided feedback on your teaching from someone with with such expertise. Because we have to remember that DOLTA or TESOL trainers are very experienced within their fields. Um, and I still I still think back onto those moments that that I received feedback from those those, those tutors. And I, I think back when I'm giving feedback now, and, and I try to emulate that. Um, and they were really good models, uh, at least in my experience. So, yeah, I, I think that um, is really, really important. Yeah. Uh, um, OK, so the last section um, is always book recommendations from one of my favorite parts of the sponge chats. Um, the first one, <laughs> is, can you throw it up? right there we go can I recommend my own book is that allowed yes of course it's allowed.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah out now in all good bookshops
0: definitely yeah I've got it on my book list uh, it, it, it's, it's coming um, and uh, but thinking about perhaps other books in, in that, that are focused on training or, or uh, trainer development are there any books that spring to your mind um, that would be good reads uh, yeah, there's one kind of
1: uh, standout book, uh, which I have here. It's Tessa Woodward's Models
0: and Metaphors. I, I wonder if anyone else has has recommended this one. You know, this is the first time that someone has recommended this one. I haven't actually read this, um, but uh, I, I, I've, I've heard very good things about it. So I need to get my hands on it.
1: Yeah, I, I think this is brilliant. Um, I think everything that Tessa Woodward writes is brilliant um she has this she has a very kind of um conversational style and a very kind of personal style so you kind of feel like she's training you one-on-one that's good when you're reading the book which is really nice um this one is special for a few reasons so first of all she she kind of outlines the idea of loop input where your the the process and the content of your session are the same um so if you're trying to train teachers on eliciting then you you do a lot of eliciting as part of the session something like that yeah um and so she manages to she's got a whole load of um kind of they're not session plans but they're just ideas or examples of how to put this into practice um, in the book and that's really interesting Uh, but she also has a whole load of other kind of ideas and insights into into training um uh, at the beginning of the book so it's um Yeah, I think probably this book more than any other influenced my ideas about training. Right. Um, Another one is um, Randall and Thornton's book.
0: Advising and Supporting Teachers?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to observation um, and giving feedback, that was the kind of um, the the one I found most useful for that.
0: Yeah, that Uh, book is uh, I still I have it on my desk. Um, We just finished observation period. Every observation period, I go back to it and um, think about how I'm going to deliver feedback. And it's, it's one of those, I mean, I, I read it from front to back, but I go back to it looking at different different sections now. Um, I think a few other people have recommended this as well, so. Yeah. It's, it's quite a long book. I feel like
1: they probably could have um, conveyed the same ideas. It's a, it's a read. Fewer pages. It's um, definitely a read. It's, it's a good one. Yeah. Um, and there's one other which is um, which I found really good for um, for kind of planning courses or or working with teachers over longer stretches of time, mm-hmm. which is it's by um, Angie Maldarez and Martin Waddell. Uh, teaching teachers, it's called.
0: Teaching teachers. Um, okay, I this always comes off on my Amazon um it always comes off my amazon page to buy but it's a bit i think it's quite it's quite pricey this book
1: yeah it's not cheap yeah it's not cheap see if you can get it from a library somewhere it's yeah. um it's also um it, it's also quite theoretical but i think it's quite useful kind of theory for um for teacher trainers one thing that they talk about is, is how teachers learn mm-hmm. um and the idea of of three types of knowledge so okay. they talk about the idea of uh knowing about which is kind of just knowing facts and and ideas um knowing how which is like knowing how to put those into practice and then the third level is kind of knowing to, which is when it becomes automatic and you just you know when to do these things in the classroom
0: okay um
1: and it's quite a useful model we've we peter and i borrowed it for for our book (laughs) yeah. <laughs> so you can kind of save the <laughs> you can you can get the uh, condensed version here first,
0: yeah, and then yeah. if you're interested,
1: um, go and check it out in the in the original source.
0: Brilliant. Okay. Well, thank you very much. this. I those um, the Woodward's book and and the last book that you that you showed, uh, I I definitely need to get my hands on them. Um, I'm about to do the the trainer development module with with Maya with Nile. So mm. oh great, they, they will definitely come in handy. Um, so we'll see how we go. I'm sure they have a, a reading list with with like a hundred books long, anyway.
1: Yeah, and I think I think they may have a kind of e library, Niall. Yeah. Um, so yeah. so they might be able to
0: um, get copies. Soon. Yeah, I, I'm when I when I because I'm doing the core module with them at the moment, um, and uh, uh, and they have all like these free resources to the scrip- subscription journals, and I was like, oh, this is so amazing. Anyway. Uh, something that when you have access to these things and looking at all the stuff it, it, it was one of the good things of uh, signing on the ma i think
1: yeah definitely i i kind of take that stuff for granted because we get it through the university of cambridge um but it's a massive it's a massive benefit to have all of that
0: yeah not jealous, sure. all. <laughs> <laughs> not jealous at all not jealous <laughs> at all all right matt um it has been an absolute pleasure and a privilege to to talk to you um likewise thanks jim no, uh, thank you very much for being here um, uh, what i'm going to do um is i'll put a link to um not only to to the book uh, in in the blog post uh, and in, in the description but i'll also put a link to some of your blog posts on the uh, Cambridge better world of Learn- better world of learning yes um, well, world of better learning. World of better learning. There we go. <laughs> world, of, uh, world of better learning. Uh, some of your blogs that you've put on there, and you've got some really interesting blogs about some of the, the concepts of of, of teacher training, which which um, are quite useful. And you touch on loop input there as well. Yes. Um, so I'll put some links down to that as well, and I'll put links to those other books that you recommended. Um, I do hope that we get to meet up again face to face, somewhere in the world, sometime in the future. Um, But until then, um, enjoy fatherhood and uh, we'll speak again soon. Thanks a lot, Jim. Take care. Take care. Bye.